Welcome to Astrology Today, coming to you not quite live, but almost from the beautiful Sunshine Coast and the Cathet region, which is situated on the traditional lands of the Klahoman Nation. I will be your host, Maureen Reed, and I am an astrologer. Joining me as usual is the astrologer Jill Kirby from Victoria and our friend and what would we say? Enthusiastic uh, student, Jenna Short. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Welcome. And this will be episode 165. And uh, for a moment, when Jill contacted me, what are we going to talk about? And <laughs> I went, we're going to talk about friggin' retrogrades. And why are we going to talk about retrogrades in such a derogatory comment is because... I am personally experiencing a really nasty combination of Mercury retrograde with Mars. So the little story I'm about to lead off with is kind of typical, but it is on steroids because when you take two planets that are interconnected, so Mars has been retrograde since October the 30th, in the sign of Gemini, which is ruled by Mercury. And now Mercury on the 28th went retrograde in Capricorn. So we have those two vying, I think, for attention in my life anyway. <laughs> so on Friday, my husband was made the attempt of changing my service provider for my phone mercury to another one which involves removing a sim card and shutting one service down and then putting in a new sim card to start up a new service so there is this moment in between which i'm not sure what characterizes that whether that's mars or mercury in which there's kind of a no man's land, which I have subsequently found out. Um, and so- A phone limbo. A phone limbo, oh. there you go. I think that's Mercury territory. Yeah, it probably is, it probably he's, is. He's the guy that could go from the above world to the below world. That's right, oh, good point, very good point. Yes, so <laughs> in that limbo moment, our cute little dog, leaped up on the bed, grabbed the new SIM card, and chewed on it. <laughs> it's so small. It it's just so looks small. like a treat. I know. And, <laughs> and so between now and then, um, we've tried to get my phone back. <laughs> and so that was on Friday. And so, yes, um, Mercury represents little dogs. <laughs> Mars represents severing. So my service was severed by a little dog. <laughs> I hate it when these things are graphically clear. Yes, sometimes this <laughs> is very literal. Yes, incredibly literal. So I thought to myself, self, let's talk about retrogrades, because I don't think I've actually devoted a episode to retrogrades. And um, so the first thing that I thought would be helpful is for people to actually understand what that means. And um, on my Facebook page later today or tomorrow when I post all this, there is a link to a 
I think it's a university, but I'm sure Nassau has, you can see a simulation of the effect of retrograde, which is technically, one could call it an optical illusion, right? Yeah. Because what it's implying, what the word retrograde implies is something that's moving in one direction um, is now moving opposite, contrary to its normal direction. And so I will share screen and uh, give us a demo of, uh, okay, so we're gonna start with this one. Okay, so here we have a demo of, can you guys see the chart? I basically just have the sun up and Mars. And so I am going to animate this and back it up by, let's do it by months. So we can see how Mars in its retrograde this year operated. So here we are back in August of 2022. And Mars, so the planets, uh, let me get my little notation. Because the Earth rotates, and this is the part that kind of, you know, you have to kind of bend your mind around this. The planets are actually going this way. Yeah, the analogy I usually use is if you're in a car, car, yeah, and the car comes past you, you if you see the motion of the car going past you, you feel like you're moving backwards. Exactly. Or if exactly. you go past them, it looks like they're going backwards. Exactly. It's that kind of illusion. Yeah, um, it is. It is. So, so what happens here is that the further away from the sun that a planet gets. Um, and okay, so the other context to keep in mind is that the earth would actually be right here, opposite the sun, okay? And so as the planet moves, okay, so it's moving, actually that's not right either. See, it is so, anyway. It's okay, it's, it's okay. okay. Yeah. Okay, so anyway. It's gonna, it's gonna move into Gemini. Yeah, it's gonna so move into Gemini. Forward motion. Yeah, so and it's going, in, this is, the planets are moving, but the earth is spinning us this way, right? And that's part of the problem or part of what creates the illusion. <clears throat> okay, so it moves, it's doing fine. We're into September. And in theory, it would just jump into Cancer, but does it? No. At the end of the month, it stations, actually October 30th. So here it stopped and you can see the distance from the sun. And yeah. it's only, well, there are some exceptions to this. Mercury is one of them and so is Venus, but anything that's out past us, like where the planet earth is in these orbits, um, as soon as they get a certain distance away from the sun, they will appear to stop in the sky and start to go backwards. Yeah. And the moment of the stopping, the actual retrograde motion itself with the inner planets does create effects, whether that's natally or here in a transit way. So here we go, we're now into December and we're now into January, which is where we are. This is tomorrow. And this is the actual degree that it's gonna station on. So the next week, it's not gonna to appear to move hardly at all. And then now it's direct. And so yeah. it went direct on, I believe it's the 12th. 
Yeah. Let's go. So we get the little S. Nope, nope, going the wrong way. Going the wrong way for the S. Okay, so what's important? There's several things that are important. Um, so noting in your own chart when something is retrograde is one thing. Um, it's not always obvious when it's slowing down to station to go direct or not direct to go retrograde because oh. prior to that, yeah, there's nothing on the chart that will give you that indication unless you've got, and there are some programs and this one, this is from solar fire and you can see here, uh, this says station. Okay. The actual station was 20 hours and 38 minutes ago. The next station is 693 days from then. And so here is a retrograde. Uh, it's been retrograde for 15 days. The next station is at eight, which is in four days and uh, eight hours. Okay. So this is a table that solar fire will put out and i'm sure other software programs will do it as well but jill will show you an ephemeris i don't know how easily you can see it but anyway I'm... well just show yeah. it to you yeah there's the ephemeris and it shows you the motion of the planets where yeah. they... so that that is a month each page is a month and so all you have to do is just Take the column of, let's say, Mars or Mercury and follow it down and you can see the degree slowing and then you can see it. Usually it's highlighted that, you yeah. know, and changes color when it starts to go direct. And so it's when you're looking at your own chart, you kind of want to know, like, are these planets um, getting ready to stop? Are they getting ready to turn or are they in the middle of the cycle? Um, because that has an effect, the retrogrades on, you know, just our life daily, but more importantly, it can also have an effect on, um, I don't know, would you call it an, I used to call it internal timing oh, yeah. uh, with progressions. Um, I don't know if there's another way one could, could describe that. Did you have, what was the way you would talk about that, Jill? Uh, well, we're talking secondary progressions which yeah. is when in the ephemeris uh each day after your birth represents mm -hmm. a year yeah. so so with that if you're looking ahead a certain number of days mm -hmm. um to what age you are now you'll be able to see i mean if a planet is about to turn retrograde then it's mm -hmm. slowed right down to nothing and then suddenly yeah. 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 Okay. So I'm going to use Jenna, dear. <laughs> I'm going to put you up and, okay. um, and we'll just look at, because you had, I think one that I had not even noticed, of course. So um, let's give us back all our points. Yeah, display points. Uh, select okay so this is jenna's natal chart and so i looked down here and i went okay so she was born with mercury retrograde and it would go direct at age nine years and approximately five months i mean actually the five is a division of 60 so yeah 
um, it's pretty much at nine years. Um, I'm not sure how you would translate that, but it is definitely in your ninth year, it's stationed and then started to go direct. So that will create an effect. And in modern terminology, what we used to think, and, and I'm not sure how it translates forward into the Hellenistic, that part I haven't studied yet. But in modern times, we would say it's like born with the right brain, more, um, you know, sort of uh, easily understanding, um, uh, the, oh, help me out here, Jill. Right brain, like spatially, spatial, more spatially aware. Yeah. And yeah. 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 As opposed to linear thinking, non-linear thank thinking. You, thank you. Thank you. So for <laughs> you, in theory, the linear mind came on board at about nine years of age. That would yeah. have been in the modern terms, how we would have seen it. So then of course I looked down and I went, Oh, at age 19, or this would have been 19 days before you were born, pardon me, mm -hmm. Jupiter stationed. Okay, so 19 days, he's, he's starting to move fast, even though it says slow. Okay, so we look at three degrees, four, yeah, Jupiter's not really moving all that fast. And then I looked across at Saturn, and it said fast, but then I went, wait a minute, at 28 days, it's stationed. And it's stationed at six degrees, 50 minutes. You were born with it at six degrees, 11 minutes. And I'm thinking, hmm, oh. I would call that pretty much not moving. Well, you gotta realize the speed of the outer planets is- Are much slower, yes. So yeah. if you get smart degrees then yeah, that would be really slow and you're calling it fast. Yeah. But yeah. with the outer planets, yeah. Yeah. Not as, it's not down to nothing. And oh. this is not that phone call, so um, <laughs> let me just <laughs> pause. Have that. I want you to have that conversation from the beginning now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ask the question. Okay, okay. I, my question is, so if Mars has been retrograde in Gemini, which is ruled by Mercury, and now we are in Mercury retrograde, is it like a double, yeah, it's a double effect group. of Mercury yeah. retrograde? That's why so many people have been feeling like Mercury's been retrograde for months because it's all those things associated with Mercury, which is why we call it a rulership. It rules Gemini because it, they have a lot in common in terms of the things they are associated with. Yeah, significations. Yep. Such as communication and short distance travel and all those kinds of things relationships with siblings you know there's a whole lot of stuff um so yeah when when mars is in mercury's sign it's going to affect those mercury ruled aspects of life and therefore yeah it feels like you know my thinking's all messed up and you know, things, things get frustrating especially when mars is getting this slow to getting ready to station because it's yeah. like Mars wants, yeah, Mars wants forward. Mind. Mars Whoa. wants, Mars is always wanting to go forward, always wanting to charge and yep. just without thinking. <laughs> so there might be the without thinking part while it's in Gemini, but it's not able to forge ahead like it wants, it wants to, to do. So there can be huge yeah. frustration and, and um, people can get pissed off. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. 
Yeah. So, you know, ergo the big nightmare before Christmas of, you know, the snowstorm and oh, yeah. all yeah. that messed up flights. And and like I saw on my feed hmm. this morning at 3 a.m. or something <laughs> that, um, you know, people who are trying to get off this peninsula, they're basically saying we have no idea if any of the ferries going from um, uh, like, like from Horseshoe Bay up to the Sunshine Coast, if any of them are going to run because they don't have any staff. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Certainly that's been contributing to problems with travel as well. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah, flight attendants, not our flight attendants. Everywhere seem to be yeah. short staffed. So, yeah, it's sort of the perfect storm of yes. <laughs> major holdups and and you know with mercury and and mars retrograde you've got to expect that you're not going ahead you need yeah. to think about reviewing yeah. uh, redoing if it's mars you know um yeah go back and edit <laughs> you know, back and edit yes <laughs> wait edit. wait for the phone call editing stuff and you know yeah. that, and with Mer Mercury adding the part, adding to the part, retrograde party, uh, it's it, it's reviewing and and thinking about what have I built, what am I establishing? Because it's Capricorn, mm -hmm. so you know, going back over what have I accomplished, what have I established, yeah. and then are, depending on where that Capricorn is, like what house it's in in your chart. Yeah. That adds another level to, and if it's a, yeah. and if it's aspect, etc. So yeah, it's it's it, there's always various layers and aspects mm -hmm. to any of these situations that come into play. But yeah, yeah, I think it's a little bit unusual to have Mars and Mercury retrograde at the same same time, time. Especially, especially with Mars in in Gemini. Because yes, exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah, it's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> so again, as you know, um, before I was interrupted there by the wrong phone call, damn. Um, okay, so there's the fact of it in its transiting, the retrograde thing, and then as in Jenna's chart, so for instance, having that Saturn stationing, like basically not moving in the sky when you were born, it like points a big arrow at whatever planet that happens to be right you mm -hmm. know in your case it's Saturn in someone else's case and if it was going direct of course unless you have an ephemeris or an animate feature you're not going to know that a particular planet just by looking at your chart is about to station mm -hmm. unless it has the little s right yeah. so for instance first time I looked at Margaret Atwood's chart um what just you know I mean she's a writer so obviously mercury is important I looked at mercury and guess what it was stationing mm. so that's like putting a big you know signpost on a particular aspect of yourself that is going to be significant yeah yeah the, yeah. Example, yeah, the example I've got is, is similar okay so why don't you pull up your example yeah okay I did send you the, the thing for it. So yes, you yes. Well, I will put those up in the website, but I have not created that yet. Yeah. I'm a bit on so um, this is one of my grandchildren. And he's 
He's got Mercury retrograde right on top of Uranus. Oh, yes. Big oh. spotlight. Big spotlight. This is a very, very like supercharged mind kind of kid. Yep. Even when he was like one year old, he'd lie in his crib sort of reviewing the words he'd picked up. <laughs> just, Whoa. Oh, he's, yeah. And, you know, he could spend hours just building things. and Yeah. Yeah, so he's a very like he's not quite six, and he's he's pretty smart. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, kind of scary smart, like <laughs> too smart mm -hmm. for his own good, I think. But also the other thing with Mercury and, and Uranus, they both have to do with the nervous system. So yes, that that makes him also very wired. And my daughter was saying he's been very sort of obsessive lately. Like he says, I can't stop thinking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, when you suggested looking at it, I thought, well, he's got Mercury retrograde. I wonder when it turns direct because he's not yet six, but it depends on how long it was retrograde before he was born. Exactly. So, um, so you went and looked at that. Yes. Well, I looked at it and it, it's actually stationing as we speak. So oh, thought, wow. Oh, my gosh. I thought that was kind of interesting because I just plugged in today's. Yeah, day. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Look at that. And there we are. It's yes, right? So it's only a degree away from Uranus already. So it's going to be hovering around Uranus for a long little while. Yeah, for pretty much his whole life. I mean, because Uranus is in. So when you're looking at an ephemeris and secondary progressions, um, basically you look three months ahead and that's your entire life, right? Because yeah. that's 90 days. Yeah, but Mercury will get going in three months. So yeah. it will it yeah. will it will pass, but yeah. Over his sun, moon, and all that kind of stuff. Probably get make it. Oh, up. and he has Mars and Gemini. Yes, and oh. he also has Mars and Gemini, the poor thing. Well, nice kid. He's gonna be a great kid. Well, the other thing about this is that Mercury stationed at what 23, 22 of Capricorn. Yes. Square yeah. these two. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's what I thought. Here on the 28th, you know, it would have been squaring that. And, as look, that... and look where his natal Mars is. Right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Mars, is, Mars is not going back up to it. Um, no, not transit, that year. Yeah. By transit. I'm talking transits now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it only gets down as far as eight. <clears throat> yeah. But it's, you know, it's kind of like still going to be close enough to go. Hi. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, especially with all this going on. So I was, I thought that was very interesting. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So we've got sort of two parts here. We've got the fact that always and forever, um, you know, his internal wiring is the Mercury Uranus. Can't take that away. Um, but now that it's stationed to turn direct, there could be this shifting of gears right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I mean, so it'll it also, be interesting to track how he works with that. And it also could have something to do with well, he, why he feels so stuck in his thoughts. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they, it's, it's come to a halt. Yeah. Especially this Mercury squaring that yeah. grouping there. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, I thought it was quite interesting timing. Yeah. So you have this exercise of looking into your chart to see, okay, I have retrogrades. Do I have any planets that are stationing that are highlighting? Um, and then 
Um, so I thought what I would do is demo. So if you want to stop sharing, um, and let me just get to my little blurby thing here, make sure I've got the points. So in that um, retrograding effect, the other thing that is was especially highlighted, and I'm not sure, so sure, I know I never paid much attention to the morning star, evening star effect, right? but, um, but the ancients definitely did. And so I will bring Jenna's chart up again. And we will go through. So the other phenomena that the retrograde does create is this um, morning star, evening star. And, yeah. um, and this is relative only to the inner stars. I don't, or inner planets. I don't hear anything about like Jupiter as a rising or something. Well, no, because, yeah. because, because that whole rising setting is about the sun. Yeah. Uh, Exactly. Yeah. And the retrogrades yeah. for Mercury and Venus are always about their proximity to the sun. Exactly. You don't get around the other side of the circle from no. this. Yeah, so exactly. Um, and I can demo some of the outer planet. Well, I did with Mars. And so you could see it's got to get a fair ways away from the sun before it will actually appear yeah. to do that retrograde yeah. motion. Whereas... Yeah, the outer planets tend to have to... It's like a trine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, oh, this is the events. This is not her chart. Let me go back to your chart. It was supposed to bring this one up. Let's see now, will it stay with this one? Yes, there we go. Okay, so at first glance, um, you know, an astrologer, most astrologers, if they've been doing this for any length of time, will immediately know whether Venus is a morning star or an evening star, et cetera, et cetera. But for those who are like me, I really don't know. Okay, so you can either go to when the sun was rising or when the sun was setting. Well, essentially, if Venus is, for, is, is in one of the signs that's yep. ahead of the sun, it's the morning star because yep. rising before the sun. If it's in the sign. Actually, know. this is an evening star. So, yeah. And Mercury is okay, a sorry. rising star. I know. So the easiest way to do it is to literally look. Okay. So, yeah. So we're going to actually, I'll go the other way. I know. Cause I get this mixed up too. Yeah. So even though I've been doing this for like, yeah. God only knows how long. Yeah. So here we go. Sun yeah. is on the ascendant. So Mercury in theory is rising ahead, but it still may be in the, the glare of the sun. So in other yeah. words, um, you're not going to see, you seldom see yeah. Mercury when it's close to the sun exactly um and but venus is obviously going to rise after the sun and mm -hmm. so it becomes the evening star because when you get all the way around to this side Setting it's after. still twinkling after the sun goes down so it's an evening star now that process of um of the uh you know, of a star rising and setting before and after the sun, let me just, uh, has its own little cycle, which is kind of interesting when you think about it in your own life. So here we have, you know, Venus. And so this one is a evening star. So it's basically it somewhere back here, it retrograded, like it had come past the sun, the sun got ahead of it, right? And then it stops because it can only ever be a sign and a half away. It can't get any further away from the sun than that because of it being 
in closer to the sun than we are. Um, and so it gets away, it stops, and that's sort of almost like it's full moon phase when it stops to start coming back. As full um, as it gets. Yeah, as full as it can get. And so when it hits the sun, that conjunction, so there's a superior conjunction and an inferior conjunction. So you have to sort of know uh, where in the cycle. So this is about right in the middle because it's 500 days plus for it to do its thing. And obviously this year it's gonna do its thing in Leo. And so when it comes to the sun, it's like it, it disappears. And the ancients used to think of that as going into the underworld, yeah. okay? To be sort of mushed up and spit out in a new way. Yeah, swallowed and, by the sun. Yeah, exactly. And so knowing where you are in that cycle, uh, is important in terms of understanding the way you might work with relationships. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a rabbit hole that is definitely worth going down if you can see which you know. Am I a morning star? Am I an evening star? Where am I in that synodic cycle? And that's what that's mm -hmm. called is a synodic cycle. Whereas if we get out to let me just change the points here. If we get out to, let's say, Uranus, then what we're talking about is in its cycle, because it's about five and a half months, and I need to add the, the sun to this so that we've, yeah, so I'll add the sun, there we go. Then this is more generational. So I will animate this one. And so the evening star, morning star, just to clarify, is kind of like it can act as a planet in retrograde, depending on where Venus was. It is in your chart in well, this in the regard so much, that not so much a retro. I mean, it can it can be retrograde, in which case it acts like retrograde. But I don't. Yeah, you wouldn't. Say it's like a retrograde so much as just a different. Really? So in, in the Hellenistic model, what they did was if it's in the morning star phase, it's, it's happier being with the diurnal team. So it's a Venus that's going to function more like Venus wants to function if you are born during the day. If it is a evening star, then it would prefer to be with the nocturnal team, which is being born at night and then it will function more the way it wants to function in a night chart yeah oh. and that's the same with mercury so mercury if it is a morning star it's it, it'll be happiest if it's with uh in a chart that is a day chart in other words the sun is above the horizon um if it is an evening star then it wants to be um, in an evening chart or a night chart with the sun below the horizon. Yeah, and that's how the ancients would look at it. Okay. Yeah, because, yeah, they are very close to the sun. They never yeah. get far away from the sun. So they are almost like emissaries of, of that solar energy. Yes, way. yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. Okay, but with the outer planets, once we get out past Saturn, 
then these guys are like half a year. So, yeah. uh, you know, starting, you know, Uranus was obviously retrograde at the beginning of the year. It stations just in uh, the end of January. Um, you know, then the sun catches up to it. So this would be its synodic cycle, but not, right? Because, yeah, it's way too far out there. It takes 84 years to go around. Um, so we don't look at that as that, that cycle. What well, we no, because the cycles are always taken from the perspective of the faster moving planet in relation to the slower moving. Exactly, exactly. So what, what most of us in modern times would take the five month period. So here this year, it's going to start in September. You know, it stays retrograde. It's going to come opposite my son. I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you can see, because the sun is here, you know, Uranus has been occupying that opposite side to the sun's movement. Um, and so we would look at that as a generational thing. Yeah. And so, you know, if you add back in the, um, I add back in the other uh, planets and back it up a bit, we can see that they would all be retrograde together pretty much at certain times of the year. And so we would say, you know, that, um, that those planets represent a generational signature. And so it's quite common here, we're going to get it happening. Yeah, so there we have all three of them retrograde opposite the sun. And so for that period of the year, there's a bunch of people born who carry forward that particular signature. So it's not so much a personal thing unless you have a personal planet conjunct one of them. And then, then it personalizes it. But otherwise, it's generational. Yeah. yeah. Any any questions, Jenna, about that? I think I get it. I think I'm getting it. it yeah. You... <laughs> they're they're always on the like the sun is always on the opposite side of the chart to where the other planets are if it's retro. If, if they're they retrograde. Okay. Yeah. Which creates, I guess, further in that edge. in that section of you know, I mean, so many degrees. Yeah. But they're they're not, they're never on the same side of the line as the sun when they as are. the sun. Yeah. The, okay. Yeah. I'm going to go down this evening star, morning star rabbit hole. Yeah, that one is an interesting one. So, yeah. so the other thing that I wanted to talk about is in the transiting effect, um, typically, and, and throughout the course of, of uh, Jill and ours, you know, time as astrologers um it's always been either a one-hit wonder with an outer planet transit which is fairly rare it doesn't happen all that often more so with saturn um to usually three hits yeah. just because of their long retrograde aspect and so each of us would have come up with a formula ours might be very similar so my formula was if it is the transit is the first time around it gives you an idea and is usually the most dramatic 
the first one, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it will give you the themes, the area of your life, what that planet is asking you to look at. So if it's Saturn, I used to always call that reality checking. If it's Uranus, where are you not being your true self? Um, <clears throat> if it's Neptune, um, the fog has rolled in, you know, if the person had a spiritual bent, then there's something to take advantage with. Otherwise, it's be careful, the fog has rolled in. Um, and with Pluto, it would be deep change. And so, and then the second hit is when you get to see whether what you've done is helping or hindering. Mm-hmm. And most people want to know at that point that it's over with. And that's when you get to say, sorry, (laughs) the light at the end of the tunnel is still the train coming. No, no. And if it's a a transit from something like Pluto, it's not even over when it's over because it it reverberates for years. Pluto Pluto reverberates for years. It can. But because it is deep, deep transformation. So you're not necessarily going to see the effects where it's it's, yeah. it's much more subtle than like Uranus, you get lightning bolts of well, yeah. uh, with Neptune, it's like, did something happen? <laughs> but with Pluto, yeah. it's such a deep trans that even yeah. years later, you're still going, this is all because of what was going on. Yeah. Yeah, and I, am, I would not be who I am now without that experience. Yeah. And, much as I don't want to have it again. <laughs> yes, yeah. my Capricorn friends experienced yes. the Pluto retrograde. Yeah. It was so intense. Like they're still oh yeah hung over from it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And, and unfortunately the so that has been the rule for you know most of the time that Jill and I have been practicing, right? Because Pluto was in its fast phase. Yes. And now it's not in its fast phase. So instead of three hits, it's going to have five at least. Maybe even, I haven't looked at it when it's at the end of Aquarius. It it probably is just too scary to look at (laughs) because maybe it goes further than five hits where it, because it's slowing down. And so, for instance, like Pluto will go into Aquarius here in another couple of months, right? But it doesn't leave those early degrees of Aquarius and the late degrees of Capricorn until well into the end of 2024. So if we thought it went deep when it was moving fast, like for myself through Scorpio, and I would get the three hits, right? And then it would move on. Now, you know, I'm coming up to my next one with Pluto is going to be the square to my Venus. I have two and a half years of the hits. So this isn't even what Jill was talking about. The, the you know, the, no. the, the digestive part is going to be. Digestive. Yes. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure I'm that happy changed. about that. <laughs> That kind of change doesn't happen overnight. It's such well, a yeah, but now it's like how deep is deep? I mean, well, it, it also it also don't does, ask Pluto. Yeah, also does matter what sign your planet is in. Like Capricorn doesn't want change, right? Capricorn, well, like, at least not not change that's imposed on it. It can well, do change if it's the change. one that's directing it. Well, sure, it yeah. wants control. 
Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't like change. It likes tradition. It likes it's always been done this way, so let's keep doing it this way. You know, that kind of thing. And, and Taurus to some extent because it's a very fixed earth sign. It's like, I'm comfortable, don't rock the boat kind of thing. So it, it really does, you know, it does, you know, if you're, a, if it's Aries or Gemini, you might be more amenable to, to the changes. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah. there's different qualities of the signs that will make a difference. Yeah. And, and if we listen to, if we think back to the Pluto and Sag group, which we did a show on the Gen Zers, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're chomping at the bit to create the change. Yeah, yeah. Pluto, the power that Pluto has given them, right? Yeah. And so, you know, like you, yeah, and yeah. So it's going to take us two years to fully appreciate <clears throat> exactly what Pluto wants to do in its, you know, gearing up to be into Aquarius, where Although the Pluto center is- no longer holds and the. It is Aquarius most of next year. Uh, yeah. But it does <laughs> go back and go, hello, Capricorn. And then, oh, it does. Oh, but yeah. Only into that 29 degrees and then it's gone. So it's, okay. it's very brief for, for Pluto. It's very, because he's a slow guy. Okay. It's a okay. very brief dip back in. So here, <laughs> let's. Most of the year he's in Capricorn and just has the little shorter time in, in Aquarius. Okay. So in May, he leaves Aquarius. Uh, the end of May, and he's in Capricorn until till January. Yeah, until October. No, yeah, until January. So that's um, yeah. So that's pretty much half the year that it's going to be in Capricorn again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But next year it goes in, in in January. So you're oh yeah, you're saying next year as That's in 2024. 2024. 2024. I'm I'm missing the change. <laughs> 2024. It's weird yeah. to be thinking about that. Yeah. So it's it's you know most yeah. of here is is easing yeah. into okay now we're doing we're in the Aquarius. Yeah. Yeah. So this is and so it's like she said. There's a brief dip out. Let's see when that is. Yeah, so here we go. So it is retrograde in Aquarius. And then here we go. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. It's not very long. So this starts in September. And then it stations in October. Yeah, so it's only going to be three months. Yeah, yeah. So that and then that'll be the last two. But for those of us who have zero degrees of fixed signs, we've been we've been doing this since you know march of this year <laughs> we're still doing it in december of 2020 the thing yeah that's you know, the other thing about the zero degrees we talked about before the zero degrees oh yeah pluto yeah. goes over that five times yeah exactly exactly so and from a world perspective as jill's noting this is a huge pointer yeah, it just keeps pointing, yeah, pointing back to that Jupiter Saturn. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's just play and go to the end and see how many times it hits a point when it comes to the end of Aquarius. Okay, so here we go. Uh, we'll go back to all right. So this is 2042. Um, Jill and I will have handed the reins over to you, Jenna, by then. How old will you be? Old. Um, <laughs> old. 
<laughs> my toy I'll be I'll be 51 there you oh hell yeah. that was a breeze back when we were in our 50s I'll be wasn't it this year so don't, don't yeah no I'm not going to be there. here either I'm not going to be here either okay so let me that's weird to think about that's it's really totally. strange to think about yeah. And so what's interesting about astrology is when you see a chart. So um, let me, I'll just quit out of this. Um, bring your chart back up again. So as soon as we see, can we see it, can you share your screen? Oh, I'm not sharing. Oh, no. sorry. No. Yeah. Okay. Let me. I'm not seeing what you're seeing. <laughs> Gee, it works for me. Let me get a look at 51 yeah, okay. year old me. All right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Those are really big things to think about. Well, they are. They are. They're huge. Well, my, my oldest daughter turns 50 this year. That's weird. Oh, really? Okay. So what we can see as soon as we see a person's chart, right, is, you know, you see Pluto and you go, okay, well, Pluto's not going to hit her first personal point until, you know, quite a bit later but we can see its trajectory. The same with Uranus and Neptune. We know that it's Neptune's gonna catch up to your sun. Um, and then if you have an ephemeris, that's the fastest way to just cruise ahead and see. So um, let me just do a chart for at the end here. So, so now we're gonna go to, 20, oops, January 1st, 2040. You need to get rid of that uh, zero. Yeah, I do. All right. You will not like that. Okay. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing with astrology. You can do this. You can go. I know, okay. but I don't because it scares me. But. Oh. <laughs> But be brave, be brave. See, it's it's you know long past your Saturn now, and so mm -hmm. you know Pluto is up here at twenty four. It's in the same house. Well, yeah, it's going to be in your sixth house. Yeah. It's going to be you and working out on you know like yeah, that's that's going to be your working life. Oh, yeah, that's my dad. So yeah. Neptune has finally left your Sun and Aries, right? Like Neptune yeah. is now in Taurus. Uranus is going to be playing with your Jupiter in the 12th house. Saturn will be heading for your second Saturn return. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> it's fun. So here you get, this is interesting. This is, if you have children, this will be, you know, you trying to boot them out the nest, probably Pluto trying moon in Gemini. <laughs> it's like, go, go, be gone. Grow up, leave the nest. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Uh, maybe, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, look, I didn't even realize this. See, look, you had both Uranus and Neptune stationing when you were I know, born. yeah. Oh, oh, my goodness. All in my fifth house, all crowding yeah. in my fifth house. So there is creative moments here. Yeah. Um, yeah, Uranus, Neptune, it's like, there's no boundaries to the kind of shock and awe you could create. <laughs> I mean, that that's the kind of kid I was. Yeah. I was just once my 
parents put me in theater classes, I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is it. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So the working life being involved with that kind of creativity, that's yeah. Yeah. My guess would be if you did have children, it would be later. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> Your creativity may just not come out in that form. Yeah, it might not. And that's in a world where we're headed towards 10 billion people on the planet, that might not be a bad thing. Yeah. 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 So I think junction of the sun yeah i think i've just about covered uh so um any other questions about (laughs) retrogrades so um sorry we we talked about this before we started recording but Mm -hmm. when like i have more than one um stationary planet Mm -hmm. And then at certain parts of your life, yep. those planets go direct and they have kind of clarity, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. Or if it's, let's say you have a planet, um, well, in particular, your Saturn. So the, the year, so I actually, um, let me share screen again. That, that's a good point. I did not talk about that. And let's talk about that. So I did do... Um, here, the spy wheel. Okay, so this was with Saturn. So here's where Saturn stations. Um, and and uh, 1991, that's how many days ahead of, you know, um, May 16th from April 18th. That's, mm-hmm. you know, so in the ephemeris, that was the moment that it stationed. And it will be now turning retrograde. So, um, you know, obviously you're past your Saturn return. It's now. Oh, I thought I was still in it. Well, well you just are at the until, end of it. Yeah. yeah now until that, March. Yeah. And once it leaves Aquarius, then yeah, it's, you're definitely done. But this Saturn now is going backwards, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so from a progress point of view, it's like one has built up a structure and now one has to begin to tweak that structure. Yeah, right? because it's Saturn, it's retrograde. Because Saturn is so slow, it's going to be many years hovering around that six degrees. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. yeah it, you know, yep, exactly. It'll be a long time for it to get back into Capricorn. I don't know whether it even does it. So in your ephemeris, you would be able to see because you could go to the year 1991 and have a look at how far past April 18th it did leave and go back into Capricorn because it would. So from a from a personal point of view, um, you will see structures and you will automatically now because it's retrograde want to make some changes to those structures. Right. It's like, yeah. Yeah, that works, but but there will always be a but now. Yeah. Right? You won't just well, accept that what you're presented with is the be all and the end all, and we should just keep using that structure. You will automatically want to throw a but in there. And that's not oh, necessarily yeah. a bad thing. 
right? It's it, not, may be, it's just... it might be annoying to people who want to keep things the same, same, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah. 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 So those are the kind of internal timing things that happen. And so, for instance, here's another note. Uh, Uranus is about, or Uranus Mercury is about to go into Taurus. Okay. And it will do so. Um, well, it will have already done that because you are a couple of years past this date, right, of May 16th. And so with Mercury and Taurus, that changes the flavor of the mind, right? It's adding in a more aesthetic quality to what the mind is drawn to. And it's also more concerned about survival and what do Material. I need to do? Yeah, what yeah. do I need to give myself the lifestyle that I want in order? Well, it looks like it's going to be hovering around six degrees for about 30 years, and then it'll be up to five degrees, five something. So, yeah, it's, it's not going to go far from where it was when you were born. Yeah, okay. during the course of your life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In true Saturn energy. Imagine. Yeah, it'll just be. Yeah, it'll be there. Hanging out. Okay. But Mercury will... It'll be the other planets going over that point that will... Yes. Yeah. 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 Give it it different flavors. Yeah. 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 And meanwhile, Mercury, because it was retrograde, it's probably going to, you know, possibly even make it as far as cancer during the course of your lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. Because he moves quite quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the other one that we always note too by progression is when the sun changes signs. So obviously it changed signs just after you turn two um, and in two or three years, because again, this would have been a couple of years ago, this chart, um, it will too change. And that will be like, for instance, a modern astrologer would be encouraging you to shoot for that date in terms of your career, right? Mm -hmm. Because the sun will hit the mid heaven and... Yeah, it's like you want to be stepping out when that happens. May 16th. Well, that, okay. So look at this is May 16th, the year that you were born. So let me, let me just throw up a proper progress chart for you so that, and we'll do it for now. Okay, wait a minute. Let's go back here. That is not what I wanted. Okay, so, oh, you probably should have wanted them. I don't want that. This thing is in the way. That's the problem. Okay. This. And then progressed. Here we go. So we'll do progressed and we'll also do solar arcs. Mm. Yeah. So these are two different timing techniques that, uh, whoops, not that one. I don't want that. Um, that um, modern astrologers will consistently use. Okay. Yeah. And so this is for today. Okay. So here's that Saturn. Um, this is by direction. So, but here you can see it. It is now officially retrograde because it's in red. Um, Mercury and the sun, well, the sun's about to change next year. It will definitely be in Gemini. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you've got between now and four years to kind of hit the ground running in terms of your career. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and so one and would look at this. And I'll be trining Saturn, which is kind of an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's when you can sort of step into your own authority. And it hits you on the trine, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And that's like, this is the way I want to do it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Rather than under the direction of somebody else. Yeah. My heart's desire. Yeah, yeah. 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 I've already started thinking about just starting yeah. my own business and yeah exactly doing my own thing yeah yeah exactly exactly and having you know you have the comfort with all your 10th house stuff up there your moon is even up there um you know that mercury gives you the chutzpah you know the daredevil you know drive to like i don't care i'm just gonna do this <laughs> Yeah, you know, which other combinations wouldn't have that kind of chutzpah to? Well, the other thing too, yeah. it's it's gone from Aries, which is the chutzpah, into yeah. Taurus, which is to persevere and yeah, bulldoze your fulfill way. your yeah. yeah 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 can't make it concrete, push the boulder up the hill. Um, yeah yeah totally yeah great yeah so yeah looking at retrograde planets whether that's the transiting phenomena whether that's the stations and the retrogrades in your natal chart they add valuable dimension oh, yeah. To, yeah. to what we're talking about when it comes to astrology yeah and it can also be quite literal doggy yeah. eating yeah. simship <laughs> like so, folks, for those that are listening to this, they'll be listening to this next weekend. We will still be under Mercury retrograde and Mars retrograde. So do have a lot of patience in your life. Um, if you don't have to travel, I would recommend staying put with a good book. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and take the time to review and redo and, and yeah. Not yeah, yeah. try and start something new because there's unfinished business that needs to be attended to and that's yeah. the time to do it yeah yeah take advantage of what the energies are you know pointing that's, at. again that's yeah. the advantage of knowing this is that you know when is a good yeah. time to do it. yeah exactly exactly so jenna any thoughts for our show next week okay that's a good question. I have to think about it. There's, okay. there's, um, I have to review. I have to. Yes, my you do. Energy and review. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> Smart girl. Okay. One of us, <laughs> one of us will come up with something. Um, and <laughs> we will talk because there's, as Jill says, there's never any shortage. And it's with the, we could do something we like we touched on, um, which is, you know, like, oh yeah so something something in the past maybe that would you know okay. suit our retrograde time so okay. like looking back in the past and okay. looking at some, some significant I, I was, something like that yeah i was listening to some um you know yearly podcasts uh that are all out there now which i highly recommend listen to lots of them because different mm -hmm. astrologers have different perspectives absolutely uh, yeah. And one of the ones that was coming up was the stuff that's associated with Saturn and Pisces historically. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And things coming up to their Saturn returns. So we could maybe spend some time looking at that, like go way back. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, because, yeah, Saturn has a long enough cycle, but that it's worth looking at. But 
you know, they're frequent enough that. Yeah. We have the, I just we have the history. Yeah. We have timestamps. Yeah, exactly. All right, folks. Well, uh, thank you for listening once again. Uh, you have been listening to CJMP 90.1 FM, Quebec Regions Community Radio Station. And I had a client this week who says she's actually listened. Oh, <laughs> and I'm going, did you get much out of it? And she said, well, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, true. it's true that this is pitched for the enthusiast. Uh, and, you know, but there is so much material out on the internet uh, in terms of astrology that, you know, we're adding our little 10 cents worth. Not like that. when you and I started. Yes, no, exactly. books to learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're contributing to all that's out there. And we really appreciate Jenna adding your yeah. perspective. Yes, thank you very much. So, happy new year everyone and happy new year. Happy new year. And we'll say goodbye. Bye. Bye.